Hello Spectrumites and other people. My name is Forrest and welcome to the Pancake King, Life and Marriage on the Spectrum. The podcast for you to learn about the autism spectrum, learn what it's like for someone like me to live on the spectrum, and what marriage is like between two people on the spectrum. Hello Spectrumites. Believe it or not, there are going to be episodes this season that have other people in it. Uh, with me today, or tonight, is my wife KG. Hi KG. Hi ho! <laughs> <laughs> we wrapped up recently our entire bonus series of Extraordinary Attorney Woo. If uh, you are a subscriber on my Substack at thepancakeking.substack.com, you'd be able to listen to this if you're in the paid tier. Uh, if you are not already, what are you doing? Stop listening to this episode, now finish this episode, and then uh, go to my Substack, become a paid subscriber, and you would have complete access to all of that bonus content. If you want to hear KG the, uh, and I read books... But the uh, first episode is free, right? Yes, the first episode is free. But why would you only listen to the first episode and not beyond that? So anyway, uh, check that out. And then if you guys want to hear KG and I read books, you can head on over to Vanzot Productions uh, at YouTube. And uh, we have a whole bunch of like audiobooks on there. We've read the entire original Thrawn trilogy of Star Wars, and we've read, uh, and we're currently going through Star Wars: Shadows of the Empire. So yes, it's all Star Wars, but, but it's we do, fun. But we do YouTube live streams where we do non-Star Wars books. That's right, every other Sunday, give or take. Mm-hmm. So. That being said, over the last couple of episodes, I've been kind of talking about uh, music, um, my relationship with music, how do I feel like autism plays a, a part in my relationship with music, because as I mentioned a few episodes ago, um, I am the only one in my family who is not musically driven. I do not play a musical instrument. I tried playing musical instruments. None of those attempts worked. You married someone who's musically driven. Yes, and uh, I'm and going to get there. And whose family is musically driven. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, I'm going to get there. And uh, I think that's interesting because I'm, uh, I'll am i go out on a limb here. I'm, I'm not even going out on a limb here, but I'm stating that I'm sure there are autistic people out there who play musical instruments. Get, yeah, so you raised Me. your hand. Couldn't You couldn't see it, but she raised her hand, and that is uh, correct. Um, for me, music has just never really been a thing. It's never really been a hyperfixation of mine. But as I covered in um, a recent episode, I at least have one band. There's one band I know of that can help me feel something in a way that uh, most other music bands do not. Helps me connect with what emotions I do have a lot better. Helps me feel a bit more spiritually connected in honestly more ways than most uh, worship music at uh, our church can make me feel. So congratulations, The Fray. You beat the worship team. Well, aren't they still... They do secular music, but aren't they made, made up of Christians? They are a... Uh, basically, they are a band made up of Christian people who decided that they did not want to be in the Christian music genre because they felt like if they did, it would severely limit their audience. Right. I agree. <laughs> um, and as uh, the lead singer of the band Isaac Slade explained in an interview about 15 years ago, it was a little less than that, but it was a long time ago, um, Christians ended up liking them, and so did, like, like uh, secular audiences. So, regardless, it's uh, still all pretty cool. And again, um, I-, I love the band. And then in the last episode, I talked about how I have the ability to use music. Well, first of all, I'll obsessively listen to the same songs over and over again. That's not a surprise. To you, or just in general? In like, general. about me, or in general? In general, like, 
Uh, it's a, it, they're your hyperfixations. You like you have specific music you like, so that's the ones you want to listen to over like, and over and over again. Yes, over and over and over again. Just sometimes like in how, the same day. Some, when I was younger, back in the day when we had VHS tapes, uh-huh. remember those? Yeah, not that I want them back. <laughs> well, I used to rewind it over and over again just to watch one scene over and over and over again. You know, I did that with other movies, you know, like yeah. when I was younger, except thanks to YouTube, we can just look up the specific scene that yeah, we want to yeah. watch and uh, it's easier to do it that way. Yeah, but that's what that's just uh, that, that just, what you're talking about reminds me of that rewinding the rewinding a VHS tape to watch to watch the same scene over and over again. Well, I know that you don't listen to the show. I, you read the scripts. I didn't actually show you the script for the last one. Uh, no reason in particular. But I do explain in the last episode that. What you and I tend to do is you and I tend to kind of latch onto a song and you allow that song where we allow that song to kind of carry our imagination when we're brainstorming, world building, storytelling, stuff like that. Songs have a, the relationship that we have with songs is very unique because it uh, gives us a connection to our own storytelling or narrative driven imagination. Yeah, a song is what helps me set the mood of a scene. It's a way to connect, like you said, it's a way to connect to our emotions, yeah, and especially yeah. when it comes to storytelling, because we can use music to set, to have our minds be- become an emotion that mm-hmm. we wouldn't otherwise be able to capture ourselves. I can't lie. This season so far has kind of, in a way, felt like just sort of a story that I'm telling about ourselves that kind of starts to turn into this, like, this spiritual acid trip journey. It's like, come with us on this journey of spirituality. And self-discovery. Yeah, and self-discovery. And I don't know. I think it's pretty fun. And later episodes this season definitely reflects that. Mm -hmm. So before we get into the reason why you sat with me to do this episode, I wanted to start off with a few basic questions. Okay. So you were definitely more musically driven than I was when you were growing up. Yep, because my mom... And my dad, and my grandma, my uncle. I don't know about my grandpa, honestly. Well, regardless, um, basically, most of the people in your family made sure that (laughs) you were going to be musically connected one way or another. My parents tried. They failed. They obviously didn't try (laughs) Um, hard enough. Well, you know, they didn't want to push it on me. No. But for you... What really connected you to music, and how do you feel like autism might have played a part in that somehow? I don't know, honestly. It just was natural. It was like, as it was just as natural as breathing, like learning to p- play the piano, or learning how to sing, or learning how to play the flute. I self-taught myself how to play the flute. You self-taught yourself how to play the flute? Yeah, I didn't have any lessons except for band. Oh, that's impressive. So you just kind of like sat at home and uh, well, I looked had, up I, YouTube videos back in 2009? No, I had an, I at least had a lesson book to help me learn. Okay. Um, and you said, did, did your parents tell you, hey, teach yourself to play the flute? No. Did anyone at school tell you? No, I just wanted to play the flute for band. That's it. Yeah, there you go. You uh, decided <laughs> this is something I want to do. So you pushed yourself. You, although my parents, you went all in. Although my parents were the ones who pushed me to practice more. Well, I mean, I would say that's more encouragement than anything else. Yeah. But still, <laughs> I actually didn't practice most of the time, if I want to be honest. Oh. Oh. And I know that you stopped playing the flute at one point. After high school, yes. After high school. Yeah. But basically, ba- basically, all your instrument playing stopped after high school. Yeah. Well, you know, band was really fun because that's where my friends were. And that's where I had the most fun during school because 
it was a bunch of like-minded people. You've told me a few stories about your uh, music teachers or coaches. Mind telling band teacher. uh, band teachers. Sorry, can you mind uh, uh, sharing a little bit about that? Well, we had uh, in high school. We had when I was in high school. Throughout the four years, we had two music teachers. One of which had been there a long time, but retired my second year, and then we got a new one who covered the other two years. Mm-hmm. He never challenged us. He was kind of boring, honestly. Mm. And you know, he was much older than the rest of us, so you, there was that disc, there was that age disconnect and stuff sure. like that. Sure, yeah. So when he re- when we retired, we rejoiced because we got the <laughs> best because our because our absolute favorite substitute became our band teacher. He let us use our cell phones if he went to go help us <laughs> if he went to go. <laughs> yes, this is just every every high schooler's dream. It was. Our teacher lets us use our phones. Yeah, because it, because no other teacher did. But if he went to go help a section work on a work on a piece of the music, and the other section he didn't have need the other sections to do anything, we could just like sit and talk, go on our phones. But it, he's like, "I'll let you do it, but as soon as I get back on the podium, I expect you all to put your phones down and be ready to go." Right. So it was like, so he trusted us to trust. So he trusted us with this with this privilege, and we never really uh uh betrayed that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Because he was cool. And he always came to school dressed like dressed in really nice suits with like bow ties or regular ties, fedoras, cufflinks. <laughs> always dressed to the nines. And he was just fun. And he really revamped the whole band. Gave us a drum major, section leaders, everything that a actual band needs. And he and he we didn't have to wear the absolutely dumb uh band uniforms for our for our um uh band concerts after marching band was over he let right. he let the girls wear skirts <laughs> <laughs> because that's what the girls always wanted because we hated wearing those uniforms how old were you uh, at this time now would have been 16 through 18 16 through okay so it is right around this time that you were doing a uh, band practice that i would be taking these lonely walks um, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere listening to the fray staring up at the sky wondering what my place is in the universe Cuts to KG. No, 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 like this, like this. You hold out your, you hold your the flute. No, I know that's not. I know that's not how you do a flute. I was kind of doing like a tuba thing. That's not even a tuba. Or no, uh, clarinet. Clarinet. Thank you. Yeah, just like. Yeah, we're just we're just having fun. We're having parties. Having a blast. We're having masked balls in the in the auditorium. <laughs> you know, we're having fun. Right. Right. And he, and he actually gave us music to, that we actually loved to play. We had a whole superhero themed marching band uh, performance our, our last my last year, my senior year. That was the best. Not that I'm necessarily trying to shoehorn the subject in <laughs> wherever I possibly uh, could, but were there any um, compensations, you know, for uh, your autism and band? Was, it, was there anything nope. that like nope. held you back from nope? No, nothing. Nope. What about sound, like? sensitivity to no, we were certain playing, sounds. No, we were playing music. Oh, okay. I just wasn't sure. No. It, was, it wasn't it wasn't like uh it was all cacophony of noise. We were act, we were prof- <laughs> Everyone's just banging cymbals together. <laughs> we were professionals Forrest. We knew everybody there loved music, so we were all so we treated music with respect. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nice. So, music has always uh, somewhat played a role in your life. Yeah. Um you grew up 
listening to old old songs yes not never really getting into modern songs unless it was played at the at the dances apparently like a nice 2010 song like if imagine dragons you know was we doing there imagine dragons it was either it was 70 percent rap maybe a few maybe um an usher song here and there like not a non-usher rap song so no Imagine Dragons, no Fallout Boy, no, no like none of that. No, although every every dance ended with America with Bye Bye Miss American Pie. Oh, oh you know, yeah, bye yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that yeah, one. Yeah, uh-huh. that's every- still old though. So. Yes, and we did the uh, oh, we did the uh, the cha cha slide. <laughs> okay, okay, that was fun. But yeah, other than that, it was just rap. Yeah, and, so and we, and we didn't, and I didn't know how to dance to that. So I would, so me and my friends would just stand around awkwardly, like, well. <laughs> This is this is this, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like we we like to joke um, because it is partially true that you are an old soul. Yes, that's why you like reading old books. That's why you like uh, listening to old music. You've that's always why I been like old movies. That's why I like old TV old, shows, old video games, stuff like that. So, and and actually, that might that will probably be a recurring theme throughout the season. But we're not actually believe it or not, we're not actually necessarily here to talk about. Um, like 80s songs if it can be believed bts is still relatively new maybe 10 years old in its entire lifespan if you count the exact beginning to end or at Mm -hmm. the point that they're at now um so like try to try to think of this wait before before we go on i would like to uno reverse card and ask you to explain in layman's terms what bts is for our audience who may not understand you're someone who's not as into it as i as into them as i am so you this would have part a, is correct so you would have a better you would have a better way of better non they are a group of south korean boy boys you know like they're a boy band let's uh, let's not like uh, let's not try to beat around the bush here they are mm-hmm. um in in i get you're like that's a an oversimplified crude way of putting it but yes um uh-huh. they are a south korean boy band who sing songs and why so, but why are they popular why would some why are why are millions of people around the world love them that is a great question for you to answer, KG. That's one of the reasons why you're here. No, I want to hear it from you first. Why do you want to hear it from me? To explain it to the audience, why they're popular. Because, they... because when, people, when people hear the word boy band, there's a negative connotation there. Well, yes, we all remember uh, Backstreet Boys, although I'm not I'm and not One going Direction. To, well, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like Backstreet Boys. I do too. Go, but explain. <laughs> explain, why, explain why they're different. They're a bit more authentic. They uh, keep their music pretty tame. Uh, their messages are often pretty positive. Although I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the, their messages all the time because I think uh, something like "love yourself" can be a bit misconstrued um, if it's directed at the wrong kind of person. But um, uh, you know, like they remain authentic. They feel uh, there's a real connection between them and their audience, their fans. Uh, where the fans actually feel like they're listened to, cared about, and, um, uh, yeah, cared about, and, um, maybe not sympathized with, but the the band just cares about the people that they, um, reach out to. Yeah. That they, well, I mean, let's not lie here, sell to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was going to ask you, what, di- what about them personally impacted you? I just like their music. That's it. That's what it. You asked what impacted me. I liked their music. Okay. 
Well, take uh, take the last several years into consideration, because you kind of started getting into BTS like right around 2018. Yes. Um, that's uh, that's when I thought, because that's when I kind of started to feel. And they uh, and they were also really funny. Yeah, that's when I kind of started <laughs> to like feel um a disturbance in the force right around 2018 <laughs> when uh, you were really getting into them. Yeah, then they were. I liked their music, and they are absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. They're my it's my kind of humor. Well, how do you connect? Like. How do you connect with uh, with them? Because I listen to the music, right? But you do have a tendency, like you can feel emotional about the things that they're going through. You feel you feel things in, in an area that um, that you rarely feel elsewhere. It's kind of like how I explain that the fray helps me um, connect to, um, with my emotions in a way that rarely other things do. Um. I usually just watch, fa- um, but, but there's a bunch of uh, fans who have who run YouTube channels and they make funny compilations, you could say, mm-hmm. where they and there's also guides or just pointing out really funny moments. Well, what have you told me about them and how it makes up for what you call uh, your lack of friends? They're there. Mm-hmm. I can all if I'm feeling if I'm feeling down or I'm feeling like. I want to laugh. Mm-hmm. I can usually pull up one of their videos mm-hmm. uh, or a video about them that, and be able to laugh. Do you have... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was, I was done. Oh, okay. Um, you did say in a previous episode that they kind of really helped you throughout the uh, pandemic uh, yes. in particular. Yes. In fact, <laughs> I like to kind of give BTS credit for the fact that once uh, you got out of the pandemic... Uh, you weren't as um, mellow and cynical and no. uh, negative and pessimistic as I was. Yeah, they did, a, they, they did it on purpose, actually. Everything that they released during the pandemic. They were, the original plan was for them to leave for the military, for their mandatory military service, right after uh, they finished their tour in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, just their like, Map of the Soul tour. Mm-hmm. But because of COVID, that got canceled. Mm-hmm. And, instead of, and instead of still going through their, the original plan and just go to the military, they decided to stay a bit longer and help their, fa- and help their fans um, through this tough time. Like, staying and releasing more positive songs and in English so that more people could listen to them. Can you unashamedly uh, explain to me what all you do that's related to BTS? Um, I listen to their songs and contribute to their YouTube views. Mm-hmm. Uh, M- more than once, <laughs> a couple times. Yeah. Um. I don't know. That's about it. You watch con- compilation videos, that's not, montages, that's not, that's documentaries. Not, that's not their content, though. That's... Well, no, but it's related. Yeah. It, like anything, I'm talking about anything that has oh. has it attached. Yeah, you know? and I follow, and I don't follow them on Twitter because I don't have a Twitter, but I at least follow me. At least go on Twitter and look and look up what and look them up so that I can see what they're doing. See the the fun thing about you being a BTS fan is that you are like the watcher from the Marvel's What If series, where you see everything, but you don't directly like. Yeah. D- you don't speak up. You don't say anything. You are a fan in the world that absolutely no one else is aware of, yeah. but you are aware of all of them. Yeah, that's what's nice is that. I'll read the comments of a video I'm watching, and and someone will comment on something that's hilarious, and I'll and I'll be like, "It is hilarious." <laughs> it is hilarious. You will never know that I think it's hilarious, but well, it's it hilarious. doesn't doesn't yeah. matter. We're, all armies are connected. So you like, <laughs> we are all connected as one. Some armies, even um, if there's like a live stream going on or a con- or the or like a concert that some people can't get to. 
they'll just, uh, uh, maybe slightly illegally create their own live streams. Oh no, you just <laughs> called a bunch of people out! No, it's okay, we already know about them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's we? Other uh, armies. Gotcha! <laughs> Again, it's so funny because, like, you're, um, you play the role of a uh, spectator. So, like, you don't really care about, like, you know, directly chatting with other people, talking to them and stuff like that. You saw maybe, what it would, maybe it would help you feel a little less lonely. I don't feel lonely when I read the comments. Mm. It's like sitting in a room watching a whole bunch of people talk about something that you're interested in, but you don't talk at all. Well, you saw you what happened. You saw what happened when we met the BTS fan at the theater. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you should have mentioned that. We went to go see a BTS uh, live show at a th- at the theater last well, they year. Well, li- they were live streaming a show, f- one yeah. of their shows, it was into ex- a theater. It was expensive, but... It uh, was worth it! For her, yes, it was worth it. <laughs> it was beautiful. I, was I, I felt like I was in... It's like the equivalent of like thinking you. It's the closest I will ever get to seeing them live because it is impossible to get tickets because they sell out in minutes. Yes, that is true. That is true. Not that they're selling any tickets right now. Okay. Bye. No, no, no. Please, <laughs> please. I'm enjoying this. It's too funny. <laughs> um, but in case for people who don't get it, they're on a hi- they're on a group hiatus, not a solo hiatus, a group hiatus for the military service. Mm-hmm. But they'll be back in 2025, and it'll break the internet. See, this is what's so much fun about like not being as big of a fan is that I feel like I have the um maybe not the right, but the no, I have the right to, um to just sort of like poke fun, you know, from a distance, mm-hmm. and just uh, and I think I'm hilarious when I do that. I think I'm so funny. Um, you are the only one. <laughs> if I have to laugh alone, <laughs> um, actually, this was something I'm planning on covering in a later episode of this season. How sometimes something that we're hyper hyper fixated on. You want to talk about hyperfixationception? Um, sometimes a thing that we can get hyperfixated on will lead us to other things that we then become hyperfixated on as well. So yeah. I have an example for a later episode, but I will preserve that for now. But I can mention that in your case, uh, is it fair to say that you first uh, came across BTS and then after that expanded into getting into the entire K-pop genre as well as then no. getting into South Korean culture? It was the opposite. It was the other way around? Yes. So you so you started getting into K-pop culture first and then came across BTS? Yeah. Well, it shouldn't have taken that long to come across them for sure. Well, when I started out, I was surrounded by people. I was originally surrounded by people who didn't like them, mm-hmm. but then I gave them a shot, and I'm like, those people were wrong. They were so wrong. Which is funny, because if you hear, usually if you hear that um, people aren't a big fan of something, you'll steer clear. But in this case, you actually gave them a try, and I'm sure you don't regret it. No, not at all. It was one of the best decisions I ever made. So, I know you're being open about your hyperfixation on BTS now, but... Um, w- Sometimes uh, some of our hyperfixations we like to keep strictly to ourselves or yeah. we like to or we like to kind of you know maybe shield ourselves from really um bring it up or talking about it in front of other people. Why is this uh, one in particular one that you kind of just I don't think people like would to get keep it. to yourself. Oh, uh, why do you say that? Because if I try to bring it up with my mom or anybody else in my family, they just look at me weird because you're listening to a boy band. I'm like, "No." <laughs> so, let's talk about Sugar for a second. 
Uh, because he's yeah well yes because he's uh, probably the one that stands out to me the most except rm who has uh, gotten 37 different airpods and i still have the same (laughs) set from four years back and you just screw you rm i've i still have the same set still works just fine (laughs) never lost you don't travel he goes on planes. <laughs> Is it any wonder he lost so many? <laughs> yes. But there was something else you wanted to bring up. Like, should we, should we mention the members' names? Because people might like, wait, who's Suga? Run through it real quick. Uh, Jin, Suga, J-Hope, RM, Jimin, V, Jungkook. Okay, I don't, I don't intend on uh, covering all of them, but I wanted to bring up Suga in particular because he is someone who is, he's easily the edgiest member of the group. What helps you connect, or better yet, sympathize it's just with to, someone like Sugar. It's just how he writes his music. If you listen to the song The Last, where he talks about it the most, I don't know what it is how, about him, uh, or because he writes all of his songs. Mm-hmm. I, don't know what, I don't know what magic he weaves into his songwriting, but you can just feel, even if you can't understand the words, you can feel what he's saying. That's the magic of, their, that's the magic of BTS. You don't have to understand Korean to know what they're talking about. I think it's kind of interesting how you said that you don't even have to understand what they're saying. You can just feel it. It's kind of like I do mention in an earlier episode that I don't always relate directly to the lyrics of the of the phrase songs mm-hmm. but um some of them just have great sound that makes you feel something yeah you, know, you can feel the passion you can feel the the spiritual element of it yeah it's similar with them like you know black swan that song yes whenever i hear it especially the orchestral version it just makes you want to get up and do a complex ballet routine even though i don't know how to do ballet because it just it, that's the that's the mood it get, it gives me can i watch you try no <laughs> okay okay it's worth asking well you remember when we were in the theater and they were doing black swan i was doing basically the entire choreo in the seat while while sitting but you were just using your hands just fumbling with your hands like yeah. this yeah and you were like, and you just looked over at me like what are you doing i'm trying to watch <laughs> i'm doing a complex ballet routine <laughs> No, with my like, hands. No, it's just like, but this is what I have to do. The song is calling to me. <laughs> Why are you floating? <laughs> but that's just what you've heard, Black Swan. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I've heard that one. It's one of my f- favorites. <laughs> it it got robbed of a Grammy, and you and I both know it. Yes. If any song deserves a Grammy. Yes. Please don't make me watch the Grammys with you ever again. Um, that was terrible. The entire show was god awful. Well, um, that was only because BTS wasn't performing. The, among other things, <laughs> but yes. Um, so, um, what else? Uh, oh, Spring Day. I don't. Have you ever heard Spring Day? I don't think so. Maybe that I might should... be one that you did not manage to show me. Oh, Spring Day is a great, great song. It's still charting in the Korean charts to this day, and it was released in 2016. Hmm. It has never left the charts. Hmm. Hmm. Never. It is never. It is. It, it holds the record for the longest charting song in Korean history. But anyway, that song captures loss. Mm-hmm. Well, and not just like loss of death, loss. Right. Like someone died. It could be a friend moved away. It could be you lost touch with someone. Hmm. You or when did that song come out? 2016. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Did you happen to go back to that song after your grandfather passed away? No, actually, because a different song came out, film out, at that exact day. Oh, really? What a day, then. <laughs> I showed it to you, remember? Yeah, yeah. It was, the Jap- it was a Japanese song, but it still counted. Hmm. Okay. Continue. 
hymns. There was Spring Day. Tomorrow is what I listen to whenever I feel down. Because mm-hmm. it talked, especially, it had really helped me when I was trying to get out of um, the daycare center I worked at mm-hmm. and find a new job. It, that that song really helped me kept keep going through the days because it's a song all about um, never giving up on your dream, even if it feels like it's going nowhere. And what's your dream? I'm in it right now, Aww, working in a library. Cute. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, not not marriage dream, as in dream as in my dream was to get out of the daycare center. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. What an ambitious dream. <laughs> yeah, and I did. Mm-hmm. And ever, and it, but that song really helped me get through that. It's like it, that happened and you look back at them and go, thanks, BTS. Yeah, and then, of course, you know, during the pandemic... They were the only celebrities who never talked about the bad stuff going on. Who didn't? Uh, who who didn't do a selfie video singing a hor- singing horribly at the camera? Well, they they sing <laughs> to wonder- tell you they sing wonderfully, so that's already yeah, that right, right, right. Uh huh. I'm talking about people like uh, Gal Gadot and Pedro Pascal, who like would sing it, who sang at their camera at the beginning of the pandemic, and it was just awful. Right. No, they never talked about how the world was going to crap. Mm-hmm. They never talked about anything that had to do with the pandemic that they became affiliated with. Had to do with their had to do with their jobs. They were mm-hmm. literally getting paid for it. Right. Right. So I I t- I. I separate that. Mm-hmm, right. Instead, they would just be. They'd said they did arts and crafts on a, as a live stream, they, or they would just sit and eat. I just imagine a video of them sitting around a table and they got their paper plates and their <laughs> macaroni and glue. No, but they did decorate their lights. Some two of them decorated their lights, uh, a light stick together. Nice, nice. And or they would cook, or they would. Um... So, and for you, what was such a comfort? To, oh, Shuga um... painted. He actually did a whole painting. Nice. During the pandemic. I was going to say, like, what what was such a comfort for you uh, during the pandemic was that what they were doing was typically pretty disconnected from what was going on yeah. you know, around and us. And co- that was and that was kind of um that was a comfort to you. It was it was a lot harder to find something that you could enjoy that wasn't it was my, connected somehow. It was the stability in, in a world that felt like it was being pulled a million different places. In other words, it basically promised a sense of predictability. Yeah, and they would always talk about, "Oh, I can't wait till I can't wait for the pandemic to be over so we can go perform. I really want to perform for you guys again." And you're like, "Me too." And I'm just like, <laughs> "But no one else was saying that. No, no one was of course no not. no one was saying the pandemic is going to be over. No, of course not. They were saying this is the new normal. Yeah, no, they, they not to them. They always talked about this is just a bump in the road. We'll be back in 2019 in no time. Yeah, yeah, yeah they that's what they always talked about. So, when if that hearing them say it made me made me realize, yeah, it is going to be over. Yeah, you need those kinds of like words of not not affirmation, but positivity, positivity, I guess. Positivity, reassurance, optimism. Yeah, uh-huh. And they were right. So as we established, music for you is something that's been more of a passion for you. And you yeah. can listen to it. You can listen to a much wider variety of music, you know. Unlike me, who kind of like whittles it down to a couple bands. I can hear the techniques. Yeah, that you can't because I've studied music. Oh no, this my act. This is actually a good opportunity to bring up the fact that one of the things that kind of like has driven you nuts is I'll hear a song in a film, mm-hmm. and that song is used within the context of a particular scene. 
And after I see that, I rem- I only remember the song like that. Yeah. One of the biggest examples being uh, the song White Room when it was played in Joker. And you it's li- like ever were, since then, I heard lo- it on the radio first. Right. But ever since then, I loved the song. And you're like, but why didn't you love it before you saw the movie? And I'm like, because I can imagine the, you know, the two, I, I reconcile the two together. So? And I love the Joker movie. It's so. a good song, though. <laughs> Why do you need a movie to, to acknowledge that? Again, I think it's because of what it brings to me visually. Okay, but it's still a good song. Film editing is a powerful tool, KG. A powerful tool. It's still a good song, though. It's considered oh, one of the I best agree. rock songs. But, oh, I agree. But when you heard on the radio, you were just like, oh, this song's boring. Why do people like this song? It's just like... You, you can't, you're so spoiled sometimes. <laughs> you just don't understand. Your mind is just slowly breaking over something that we have argued about for four years. I'm sure other people would be upset if they knew how you how you act when it comes to music. And this isn't the this isn't the first time, the only time, and it probably won't be the last. It's just frustrating because you because you can't hear it. You can't hear the music properly. Let, let me put it this way. I think this is a great way to conclude uh, this episode. The way you hear music is different from the way I hear it. Because of your past experience playing instruments, you can catch things in songs that I can't that helps you appreciate it because you've had that firsthand experience playing. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why... Um, when you play in band, you get to see all the different connecting parts. Mm-hmm. You love, uh, in those, like, 80s songs, you love those, like, guitar solos. Yes! Those, like that's that's what, one of the things that the sticks pounding, out to you. And the pounding drums. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? Girls, Girls, Girls by Motley Crue has one of the best guitar riffs of all time. Mm-hmm. So, I said in a very recent episode that peace is kind of the key word for me. Like, mm-hmm. when I listen to something like The Fray, it just gives me a sense of peace, sense of hope, and a sense of never of like endless opportunity that those are the um keywords that i used to describe how the fray makes me feel so if you can can you narrow um it down to a couple keywords uh what bts can make you feel after listening to some of their music that would depend on what song i'm listening to well let's try to narrow down the narrow down um because you know they have so many different genres and so many different sounding songs that that it's not just one sound. I think it's funny because you like a variety of music. And if there's anything that can best represent your variety of music, it's the variety of BTS's music. They have so many different genres. They have, On a single album, they can go from straight hip-hop to pop to EDM to Latin pop. So some can make you feel maybe adrenaline. Yeah. Some of them can make you feel optimistic. Sure. Like some tomorrow. Of the, yeah. Some of them can make you feel uh, like kind of at peace if you're feeling down. Yeah. Or maybe even just not alone, yeah. to, to put it simply. Outro tear makes me feel things even I don't understand. And you've, you've heard outro tear. Yes. It makes you feel things that you don't understand. What about that song that they wrote and did um, that talked about how they were, al- how they almost broke up? Outro tier. That's I okay. I was asking because I suspected that that was the case, and I just wanted to make sure. But I wanted to uh, do it uh, by sounding professional about it. Yeah, outro tier again. That was a song they 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 had went through um 
tough mental t- period in early 2018 and they wrote that song and that that song helped them c- stay together because if you've listened to it you'll understand but it was bas- it basically encapsulates the feeling of separation mm-hmm. um unwilling separation and it just mm-hmm. it's still with anger bitterness resentment but so but so much sorrow as well do you think that maybe the emotions that they're expressing in the song are so like overwhelming that that's why it makes Again, you feel maybe, things maybe that you don't understand the magic of their songwriting just makes you feel things it just makes you feel things that you don't quite understand maybe overstimulation is the wrong word because no. if it was overstimulating you wouldn't even be able to get through the whole song no it um, just makes me feel things i listen to it to just feel like i just i, I listen to it when i want to feel oh at the end mm-hmm. so like do you you turn to bts sometimes you turn to their songs if you like have the desire to feel something yeah because you know again you rarely feel those things elsewhere yeah gotcha mm-hmm. i got her i got her i finally got to <laughs> one of the major points yeah. sweet with you it's like with you it's like a battle of words mm-hmm. did i win this battle no well, it's <laughs> um, like what well, my parents say you have to really dig deep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in order to find the core of what i want to say yeah did I succeed? I, I I don't know. I'm not the one trying to find the thing. Well, you guys, <laughs> let us know if uh, you feel like we found the thing. <laughs> Got to the core of this. KG is a hard egg to crack, and that's one of the reasons why I love her, actually. It's because my, it's because my mind is an enigma. <laughs> anyway we're gonna wrap it up here um this was a a fun conversation to have anyway i do love the fact that i was able to keep my words straight without stumbling too much i got to talk about a hyperfixation i really get to talk about because you don't like them as much as i like them so i don't get to talk about them to you so much this is a part of bts is a part of your like to be fair like private Private world yeah your private world that's one of the you know biggest themes of the season that's what i'm kind of trying to flesh out uh for myself this season too Mm -hmm. so is it do you find it like me do you find it difficult to express the reasons why i think we kind of figure uh, i think we were kind of figuring this out throughout the episode that even when you're excited to talk about it you're thrilled to talk about it. You're thrilled that someone is here to listen to you. You're thrilled that someone wants to listen to you. But even when basically the cards are in your favor, you still struggle to explain it in exactly the way that may, that is adequate to you. Not unless they were a fan of it themselves. Then they, only fans can truly understand what we're talking about. So you don't think there's any way that you can adequately explain it to an outsider? Not unless I can explain it, but they would have to listen for themselves in order to truly understand. And a lot of the time you're afraid that they won't have the desire to listen. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel at peace uh, being in your private world and not not necessarily explain it to other people? Are you, like, okay with that? Yeah, I'm fine. I wish I could talk to somebody about it, but again, they'd have to be a fan, and I would have to get over my fear of talking to people. They need to uh, reach a certain number of specific requirements. Yes. (laughs) They need to fill out an application first. You can't force me to have a conversation with a stranger force. It just doesn't work. I know. I've tried. Lord knows I've tried. Except for that one guy at the Comic-Con. Yes. Somehow it worked, but, uh-huh. but again, he was a fan of right. Castlevania, so... Kind of helps that he was wearing a shirt. Yeah, so that's what helped. That, that, that is what needs to happen. 
just kind of a happy circumstance. Yeah. In a way. I mean, the theater employee was the furthest I've ever talked to someone about it, besides you. That is true. But she was already a fan. That is true. And I at least knew, a f- and I we at least were able to have a small, a quick conversation before we had to go into theater. Right. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, this was a really fun conversation. Thanks for having it with me, KG. Can I know we that. Do it again. Yeah, I'm sure we can probably do it again in like a bonus uh, episode or something like that. So, <laughs> so. She sees this more or less as just a way of getting her fix. Yeah. And I, I do it for her because yeah. I love her. So anyway, I'll see you guys n- on the next episode. Check me out at thepancakeking.substack.com if you don't know about that already and become a subscriber to receive email notifications every week on when a new episode of the podcast comes out and when a new article comes out uh, every Saturday. See you guys next time. Bye.